you. Welcome to the No Let's Podcast. Your host, also Friends KP, Cookie, and special guest. I got King Yosef on the podcast today. What's going on? Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, what up? <laughs> Damn, that's a, introduce yourself. Nick, say something. <laughs> Yo, uh, King Yosef in the building. building. Uh, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. Uh, it's been a long time, man. I've been traveling all over, been giving lectures in uh, D.C., uh, been in uh, Chicago, California. He's just so, saying he well-educated, y'all, so he's going to speak. He's going to speak that knowledge. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. New York. Going today? <laughs> <laughs> I hated that part of got whatever. That, got that new King Yosef. And uh, I just, I just want to say, too, I just got off the call with uh, Dr. Uma. Uh, I don't want to lie. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never understand the doctor who more hate in my life. Um, Wait a minute, I know this is gonna sound crazy, but um, I know. Uh, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Go ahead, say it. No, I'm just. No, 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 no. Go say it. Who is Doctor Uma? Go ahead. I know you say it. What's the address to that rock that you live under? Come on, say it. Say, let him put it out. Who is he? Like, I just listened to a Dr. Fer- I just listened to a, a Reverend Farrakhan interview. Oh, God bless <laughs> Reverend Farrakhan. I'm pretty sure the title was Minister no, Farrakhan. Nobody. Minister Farrakhan. No, I was just saying address him correctly. I was, I, was, I was imitating her. <laughs> Whatever. Leave me alone. Um. So you're not going to explain it to her? But you're yes. going to move on? <laughs> But yeah, uh, real quick, I'm sorry, a little bit about myself. Uh, currently a teacher oh, here okay. in New York City. Uh, teach uh, English, ninth grade, um, in the South Bronx. Uh, currently pursuing my master's uh, in the art of education, uh, MAT advanced degree. All right. Shit. How have I never asked you what grade you taught? Because that, that changes all the jokes. <laughs> does it? It really does. <laughs> Wait, what grade? What grade was it? Ninth grade. Ninth grade. Ninth grade? Oh damn! Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel for you, bro. I teach freshmen never a dull moment. Yeah, exactly. I, you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just talking to you know what, and we'll get into that. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that either way. Um, before I even like jump too far ahead. Uh, I mean, what I wanted to start with is actually the shit that you just shared. That uh, Joe Biden said that Trump is the first racist president. <laughs> <laughs> That's the crate that outwardly, yo. Some of the uh, stuff that you hear in this day and age, yo. Actually, if you listen to the quote that he said, um, he said, to "Be honest, I didn't listen." He to said, this "Other," movie. he said, "Other races have tried to get in, and they have not succeeded because we've stopped." And it's just like, what? Play that back. <laughs> Wait, he said some outlandish stuff. Oh my god. All right. I mean what is what does your mind go to when what does your mind go to when he says that? Because I have something very specific that my mind goes to. I mean, my mind is very basic when I hear that. And my mind just goes to like, did you miss Burp. the first twelve presidents of the United States? Exactly. No, first first fourteen. Fourteen, yeah, first fourteen, right. Oh, uh, and if and I don't, I, maybe like somehow in people's minds, presidents 
that people that own slave weren't racist at the same time or something. And you know what? At the same time, saying this like it's crazy, but I've dead seen these conversations. So I guess this is what's truly believed at times. Like the thing, I, I saw Charlemagne was actually just saying this, and um, he was actually breaking down the numbers though, like of how many slaves they, they held. Like I think it was Washington had 157, Thomas Jefferson 129. Like you, you know what I mean? So and keep in mind that some companies don't have. The last company I worked for didn't have 129 employees. A company, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, on a bigger note, it's, 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 this is what's troubling. It's like all the people are going to vote, run to the polls, and vote for Biden over Trump. And essentially, you're just choosing one bigot over another. You know? I, I think I think I the know. problem is a lot of us are not old enough to remember when Joe Biden, Biden was openly racist. Yep. Right? I but mean, but it has I'm come not. out, though. It has come out, and people are still trying to choose the lesser, the lesser evil. It's insane. Right. Yeah, but that's exactly. the beauty of too evil voting. That's that's essentially what we're dealing with now. Less of too evil voting, and that's what it came down to with uh, Hillary and Trump. You know, yeah, and uh, we can't... he played up Benghazi and all of these things. So you know, in our minds, it was okay. Hillary was the better candidate. You know, but again, lesser of two evils. I just I can't I can't vote in a system like that. I mean, I've said this on this podcast before that I don't feel comfortable choosing. Between the lesser of two, between the lesser of two evils, because at the end of the day, it's like, sure, you don't equate it to like two different plates of food. You wouldn't want to eat either way. Like, do I want to eat? Do I want to eat fucking vomit or do I want to eat shit? Clearly, the the answer is neither. So why? So it's it's like why in this process would I have to choose? You know what I mean? With that, with that being said, though, which would you choose? <laughs> well, well, no, well, no. Let me let me stop you right there. You have a choice. You have a choice. And I think that too often times we just push people to vote for the sake of voting. You know, to say, I did it. Exactly. Right? And it's as a conscious black man, I know neither candidate has my interest in mind. So, well, I'm not voting. Yeah, I hear both of you. And I do have to fundamentally, but fundamentally disagree. Even though they are both uh, not ideal, I'll put it like this. But there is clearly one who will do more damage, even though I'm not being helped, you know, a good point. in their plan. They are, there is a degree of damage one person can do that will fuck everything up. I, I, I disagree and with you. you I think, I think this back. is the fundamental problem. You see, when the Democrats do damage, and this is not an a endorsed Democrat over a Republican, but, but a lot of times mm-hmm. the, damage, the damage have been more damaging to the black community in the last uh, 50 to 100, 100 years. When you look at the, the policies that have been put forth that are most damaging to the black community, it's been by the Democrat. You understand? Uh, uh, welfare. That was Clinton. Three strikes, Shirah. That was Clinton. Clinton. Welfare yeah. reform. That was Clinton. You see, so let's be objective and be fair. Neither mm-hmm. party is for us. And I agree with that, but in the same strength, I'm not talking about party. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Donald Trump as a person is literally like one of the shittiest people you can put in power. Absolutely. But see, what will happen with Biden in the office is he will pass all these things quietly. 
And so we won't say anything because he's not blatant. And it's the I same am, thing. You know what's crazy? I'm actually of the, opi- of the opinion that all everybody in Senate and all that shit, if you're over 60, I feel like you should not have any job in politics. You're too old. You're not going to be here long <laughs> enough to fucking impose shit oh, and live through shit. Hey, my, my brother, I hope you got a real good retirement plan set up because uh, the way things are going now, you're going to be working until you 80. Yo, and that's big facts. I feel like if you are past a certain age, this job ain't for you. They don't accept you in the army after 36. Why are we letting all, all these people who are about to die Call shots they ain't got to deal with. Nah, son. Right, right, right. Again, you know, fundamentally, I, I hear you. You know, uh, Trump is dangerous, but I think we all have to recognize Biden is dangerous too. You know, and a I lot do of agree. Times, you know, it, it goes back to the principle, like the wolf in sheep's clothes. You know, um, yeah, like I, I just go want, back to that ninety video where. He was talking about we, we need to lock up uh, all the urban uh, youth that are running the streets and terrorizing America. Don't say it like that, bro. You fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's literally what he, what he said in 1994, crime bill. And, and when he, when asked, like, okay, do you at least you know feel bad or regret what you did? I mean, he was like, nah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we need a whole system overhaul, but nobody's really ready for that kind of conversation. Because that means destroying everything that has ever had been and people are used to the system as it is. Correct, correct. But I also want to want to remind you, too, and, and, and say that uh, the solution to our issue is not through mm-hmm. vote. Not through voting. Voting it is upholding a system that has not worked for us. You follow? Right. No, I, I, I agree with that. I think that um, I think the the bigger part of the, I think the biggest part of the problem is that not voting doesn't send doesn't send the uh, the, the, the message. Correct. When we don't vote, it should say. We're just not happy. Like, I mean, I, I mean, even bring it. I feel like I've used this example before, but um, going back to the anime Hunter X Hunter, in order to, in order to, in order to uh, vote in the next, the next headmaster, I can't remember what he was called. The head of the head of the the, the hunter organization you had to have you had to mm-hmm. have more than fifty percent of the votes. No, I think it's eighty percent. It was some wild number. Either way, the point was it had to be unanimous. It had to be ultimately who the people were happiest with, and I think it, and that shouldn't be so crazy of a concept. I think that that's very simple to understand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <coughs> but we just don't have that system. We have a system where it's more or less everything is kind of like fifty fifty. Last time I could I could think of that we had a um a race in which somebody was like really really one was uh. Who did who did Obama run against the second time? McCain, right? I think it was out. I think it was. Uh, why am I thinking of Al Gore? I'm bugging. Uh, <laughs> the dude that looked like a who? That was. I think that was the first one. And I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember his name. 
that is the last time I could think of where somebody won by a landslide. Uh, Everything I else thought it was John like, McCain. Yeah, John McCain was the second one, but I can't remember who the first one was. Uh, was well, Hillary was in the race? It wasn't Hillary. Hillary was in the race. Oh, it was yeah, Hillary? No, yeah, it was Hillary. No, Trump. no, it was. Yeah, Trump so so he beat Democrat. he beat Hillary the first time, and then Hillary ran again against Trump. Yeah, yeah it was it was either the first black president or the first woman president. Right, correct. And then Obama had to run against some dude. I guess it was McCain. So I think that's who you're nah, talking about. Nah, I don't think it was nah. McCain. Obama no. ran against. I cannot remember his name for the life of me. This oh, is was it Romney? It wasn't Romney. Uh, Mitt, Romney Mitt was Romney in a race, but he Mitt dropped out. Mitt Romney was a dude that looked like a who, though. <laughs> he wasn't, oh. or he did. No, no, Romney did was in a race, but he dropped out early. I'm about to look up. Who ran against Obama? I, I was already in the middle of it. <laughs> we are again wild detractor. Yeah, we're, we're really coming off the point. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, I'm really, really curious though. John John Kerry, I kind of remember John Kerry. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. All right, it don't matter. <laughs> this is really That's the shows. Matter. Nobody remembers the losers. Exactly. That's just how history works. Um, yeah. So in terms of, uh, I mean, as you said, um, you're a teacher in the South Bronx, and arguably. Uh, I didn't know you were in the South Bronx. I thought you were teaching in Harlem for some reason. But you yeah. just don't know your friend now, don't you, huh? All right. Why do we have to? Why do we have to do all that? Why do we have to do all that? <laughs> yeah, so much animosity on the show. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a show without it. Um. No, I mean, because that day even strikes me differently. Because I mean, remember, I went to Gompers first, so I was in school in the South Bronx. And matter, and Kasai went to. Um, oh, I can't know that. Okay. Just full name. Oh my god. <laughs> the feds will find you either way. That's for so little, but no, it's all right. Don't respect me. It's cool. All right. Uh, <laughs> another another uh another Great friend here school in the South Bronx, and I can't remember. Um uh, it don't matter, it closed down. It did? Yeah, my school my class was the phase in our class. That's crazy. Or are you talking about uh the other one that I went to, the Christopher Columbus School. I think that one closed down too. God damn. Is yeah. Gompers still open? Like, <laughs> like um, I, I, I believe I believe Gompers split into like several small schools. Oh, I mean it was a big ass school. So, so I mean, that's I usually what they that. do uh typically with like, you know, those troubled history schools. They just change the name or, or break them up into several Oh, schools. like how we had uh human uh, yeah, not humanities, but how we had the satellite program from our school. Yeah, well, I think I think humanities too. Humanities um, split into like four different schools. Yeah, what we're saying for people who aren't familiar is that basically you have a successful school in the neighborhood, and then they have like a side school in the neighborhood that people don't really know about that the people who are troubled students go to. And it was strange how they had this. Uh, it was just, it was just like uh, what do you call that? Like when you go to the hole in jail. Like, you're in jail in school, and then you got a good amount of people who are going to go to the hole, and that's where they're going to finish their education. That's kind of what those other schools were like. Um, And it was also to the point where it's like, you know, don't even go on that block where that other school is. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, people considered those blocks to not be safe. But we also had, like, another school that was uh, a very preppy school in our high school. But this is besides the point. 
Oh, I, I got the answer. So what? So it was John McCain in 2008 that ran against Obama. How did y'all not then, see that coming? As soon as she said, I got the answer, I knew she was going to bring up a conversation from 30 minutes ago. And then, <laughs> it, it, then it was Mitt Romney for 2012. Okay, so... Okay, so I was right. Um, but, uh... Shit, what was I saying? Oh, to your question, <laughs> your question earlier, I would definitely eat vomit off the shit. At least vomit was food. You know what I mean? That's like a that's like a chunky. Nigga said shit was food oh too. God. Like shit, no, 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 shit, 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 shit oh, isn't man. food anymore. Shit is your body. Your body broken using chemicals to break it down. That's a lot different. And it smells. Now it's way worse. Your body using chemical. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mean with that one, brother? Using your bodily acids to break it down. It's traveled it's through your body. Like arguably, vomit's only gone down your throat and back up your throat. You know what I'm saying? Just coming out processed one way or the other. Wait a minute. How the hell did we get to this topic of conversation? Because he asked me before. <laughs> anyway, the point was. I don't know um, the answer. I was curious. I gave, yeah, I gave the answer. Um, yeah, so my first question was um, I mean, a bullshit question first. I mean, hey, bullshit, bullshit, but not bullshit. Like, now, being all the dumb shit that we did in high school, and I should have said this also that uh, Yosa and I both went to the same high school. Um, how does it feel at this point to be on the other side of the dumb shit that we used to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a fun experience uh, to answer your question. Um, and I say that because you know, I look I I, I look at it from two eyes, but I understand it because I was in their place. You know, I was that goofy kid. You know, I was a class clown. You know, cracking jokes, wanted to have a good time in school. But then I, you know, I look at it from the standpoint of an educator who's trying to, you know, teach a lesson, you know, and get a point across. Um, and I think for me, it hasn't been too bad. Why? Because um, I, I pride myself on someone who has a, a fun, you know, engaging classroom. When, it's, when it comes down to get work done, we get work done. But uh, we can, you know, have a shared space, have fun, um, laugh, joke, and, and, and grow together. Um, I think also, too, being, you know, a black male teacher, I understand, you know, urban youth, you know, we can relate um, to the same things. We can talk about some of the same things, you know, music. Right. Uh, actually, funny enough, they, they call me Kendrick Lamar. So, you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been all good. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my nickname. That's, that's my nickname, Mr. Uh, Mr. Kendrick. Um, to provide a little context, I teach uh, in a bilingual school. So uh, most of the students I teach are <clears throat> coming from predominantly Spanish-speaking countries. Um, Spanish is probably their first language. Um, so what they call L's, which is you know short for English language learners. So uh, they call me Senor, which is like Sir in Spanish. So they call me Senor Kendrick. <laughs> oh, so kind of dope. So not even that they come from Spanish-speaking homes. They come from Spanish-speaking countries. Correct. Correct. Uh, large body. I, I, got say, a, I got a man I from Spain. I want to say, no, maybe about 65%, maybe 70% are Mexicans. Stephanie's um, people. Oh. The rest are... Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, Dominican, Puerto Rican, um, Pretty much, pretty much. That's the the makeup we have. We do have some African uh, students, you know, African American students, but uh, large majority of the student body is uh, Spanish speaking. 
I mean, I was saying I was saying Stephanie's people because my because Gompers was like dead ass like seventy percent Dominicans. <laughs> like it was fucking crazy. Also, look at where I was located, though. Yeah, yeah, South Bronx, especially in Zipico. Yeah, one forty third. Uh, you know, Spanish. Spanish is like the number one spoken language in that in that area. So, yeah, between um between understanding Spanish and passing for Dominican every once in a while, like they didn't fuck with me as much as they fucked with other people. So I mean that helped a lot, especially when I just when I've said like niggas getting robbed for their shoes, um, like more <laughs> like more or less it was like I got to be part of DDP without having to be part of DDP. Um, <laughs> people don't understand niggas don't play. I don't know why this is a gang, and I don't know why they use you know type of name. But well, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know that still existed or not. I thought it was just my high school. I wasn't, I wasn't even. 100%. Samuel Gomfers closed out in two thousand twelve. Oh, good. Good riddance. <laughs> yeah, they closed, 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 closed out in 2012. Uh, Horrible man. fucking school. You know, and, and that's one thing. For those who don't know, when you come and you see New York City public schools in the Bronx, they look like jails. Like many jails. Gompers was yeah. literally a jail. Yeah. It was a jail. Yeah. Gompers, yeah. I mean, I'm talking windows barred out. You yes. know, no sunlight. It's, uh, metal detector it's, entry. Yeah, no. that's a fact. I remember going to school. I used to always it's, have to go it's, in. It's jails. Yeah. Wait, does this school have metal detectors? I uh, no. went to MLK. No. Uh, my school doesn't have metal detectors. You know, I honestly see uh, the vibe in my school is very calm, very peaceful for the most part. Um, you know, the, the, the issues they have are typical. You know, teenage issue. Um, oh. But, you know, as far as violence, things like that, that nature, no, I haven't had experience like that. Oh. I mean, there was one one incident in the beginning of the school year. I remember one student in the neighborhood actually came running back to the school building. He said, like, some students with machetes were chasing after him, something like that. Oh, like, goddamn. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing in urban areas, you know, our... our our youth are exposed to um, extreme amounts of uh, violence. Yeah, exposed to to warlike to warlike yeah. scenarios, life and death scenarios as, as teens. The, court, the courtyard scenarios when Absolutely. you in jail and shit. Absolutely right. So it's no wonder by the time you know you make it to high school, you have PTSD. Right. Oh wait, so what subject you see you teach English? Uh, yeah, so so I'm I'm, I'm an English teacher. Um, I okay by my proxy in New York City. I'm a general oh. ed teacher, so Shit. I'm expect expected to be able to teach all subject. But oh. as of now, I'm only teaching. Oh, I don't know why I thought you taught history. Did you teach history before? Is that what it was? Uh, no. Uh, so my desire when I came into the school system was to teach, um, history, uh, but just, you know, circumstances, the way things were hiring at the time, you know, I accepted the English role. Fuck. All right. So that knocks out my other question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my friend. Fuck. <laughs> Yo, you need to relax. <laughs> I don't know what you do at your job either. <laughs> 
or, right. or what Cookie does. I have no clue. What do you y'all mean? Just be you know I... No, y'all just be at places for eight hours. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's wild, crazy. You know where I work at. I know that doesn't mean anything though. For I don't know if you sweep or you're or you're behind the computer. Like all I know, you're in there for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas can't sweep. <clears throat> Shit. All right. So anyway, um, so skip that next question, I guess, because I can't ask that now. Um, <laughs> do you think about to like, throw all his notes away? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Like, do you feel like this? Do you feel like that that there's a stigma of being a black teacher? Um, yes. But the stigmas vary. Vary. Um, a lot of times, you are perceived as the disciplinary. So, um, in many schools, if black children act out, you are expected to be able to say, "Oh, hey, young black man, um, you know, fall in line," or you know, you have the magic wand or password that you can say to make things better. Um, there's often that stigma. That's a lot of pressure on you, though. Indeed. The other That's stigma, a lot of pressure. You know, and it's ridiculous. You know, it's it's a half-cooked idea. The other stigma you'll find is well, as a black male teacher, you're aggressive. So if you're a teacher who's no nonsense or trying to instill some characters, some values, you know, oh, you're the aggressive black guy, right? I'm trying to think. So, like, that, I mean, mm-hmm. even just you even just mentioning that tried to make me think of, like, what teachers, like, if I just did some shit, you know, and the teachers kind of had to, like, come to me and reason with me. And I, and I want you guys to think about this, too. Um... When you did some shit and the, and the teachers had to come and talk to you and kind of reason with you about what's going on, was that a black teacher? Mm-hmm. I don't think or, so. I, I also didn't yeah. ever have a teacher like come and talk to me either, so I don't even know. The only time was when I was in uh in my um middle middle school, I guess you could say, for fifth and sixth grade. <clears throat> for my first middle school in fifth and sixth grade, when um these teachers and I mean, they were amazing. They were like kind of like hippies, but I mean, still, they were really great in in uh, approaching the emotional side to children and not just the educational side. You know what I mean? So in this case, and I don't even think of them as like just simply just being white teachers. They were people who they tried to understand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But now that I also think about it, I don't think the school had any black teachers at all. Right. The other issue I one. Is um, the perception that uh, as a black male teacher, you're supposed to be able to just um, automatically connect. And and so therefore you have a shared experience with these kids because you're black. And that's not the case, right? But that's interesting that white teachers don't feel like that with white students. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Um, so that's, very, that's definitely that's something that I'm trying, is unique to the black male experience. I'm trying to remember. Other than my third grade teacher who despised me, 
I don't <laughs> recall ever really having any other you know, black teachers until I got to high school. And then when I got to high school, I had Hispanic teachers that only lasted for like the first year until I got kicked out. And I was, I was sent to public school. Other than that, all the teachers in that school were also all white. And it was one of those, it was like one of those small schools in MLK. So it was kind of just like, okay, I, I already know that this is like their stepping stone to be able to say that they made it out here to be able to go up upstate and go work at a school up there, you know? Correct, so correct. Yeah. other than my third grade teacher, I really didn't have any other teachers that were, that were black like that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry. I take that back. My high school, In my high school, I had my black teachers, but that was it. And, and, well, and so I think that's troubling when you look at your educational experience and you can count almost on one hand, how many black, you know, teacher, or teachers of color that you've had. Um, you know, all studies have shown that teachers of colors make a tremendous impact in the classroom. Um, but overall, I think teachers of color are not valued. So on a surface, we'll say that we want to attract more black male teachers, we want to attract more uh, teachers of color. But when we get to the educational school system, you see that you are not valued. But I mean, for the record, I would say my own, my second grade teacher, third grade teacher, and shit, my uh, my eighth grade science teacher. I miss her. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what was it, Miss Macho? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, she. Um... She must have left quite an impression. Oh, yeah. she was. She left a thick impression. She left a lot thick. behind. <laughs> <laughs> she, she left was. a thick impression. <clears throat> uh, I miss her. <laughs> anyway. And then after that, uh, damn, did we have any black teachers in high school? Did this was like go over my head? Uh, in high school, we had Miss Biggs. She was the special ed teacher. Uh, the blab had a black teacher. Oh, I remember that lady. Okay, I do remember that lady. Yeah, Miss Yeah, uh, Miss Millie Big. Um, I, saw I mean, our principal was black, was... but you never actually saw her. So, the security guard was black. Doesn't really count. Who count no security guard? <laughs> the security guard. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like black staff in our school. Uh, security. Uh... <laughs> security guard. Security guard was black. I think I only had three black teachers and I know none of them was yeah. male. Yeah, trouble. That see. was another thing I was going to say too. There's not enough male teachers. That's a very, I've heard of a very real stigma against male teachers, like just like male babysitters, like for whatever reason, the same reason, like you don't feel comfortable leaving your child with a male babysitter, like the, the whole daddy can take care. Do you remember when they tried to set it up and everybody was like, ah, well, there's no women well, here? I'll actually push yes. back on that, on that. I think if you look at most of like the child abuse sex cases coming out of schools, it's actually been, yeah. you know, it's female teacher. Yeah, it's been yes. with women and, and not men. No, I definitely, but, no, I definitely hear that. But, and I think, because I also enjoy teaching, whatever, whatever the case may be. I like children, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. For some reason, I've always felt like there was a bar on 
you know, the welcomeness of being a black male teacher. I don't know if you feel that way. Do you yeah. feel like you are, what's the word I'm looking for? Let me put it like this. Um, do you feel it as a sense of pride or responsibility that you have these shared kinships or shared experiences with your black students yeah. or your students of color? Um, definitely responsibility. I, I, you know, I went into this to have an impact um, in some, some way or another. Um, mm-hmm. I... I value, you know, working with youth um, and just, you know, to be uh, air of positivity. Uh, and the issue really goes back to just the formation of the school system. I think um, going back in the history of schooling in America, it's become a woman's dominated field and specifically a white woman's dominated field. Um, so that is changing slowly, but there's still a lot of progress to be made. Um, but even outside of color, just the formation of our whole contract of, of schools is problematic. Yeah, All right. I, I mean, I think it's too many. I mean, because when I think back, almost every single teacher I've had in life was a white woman until high school. Mm-hmm. I can I can only think of uh, Mr. Coughlin, Mr. Coughlin in eighth grade, and I don't know if I had a male teacher. Oh, must Mr. Justino in seventh grade, and I don't think I had another man teacher before that. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. there's. I will say, even just thinking back to um, my homeroom teacher, uh, Mr. Justino in, in seventh grade, you know, rest in peace. Um, there was a. What's the word? It was a, there was a difference. There was a difference in being in that kind of classroom with a dude. You know what I mean? Like we we fooled around in classes and shit, but we're never like I don't even want to say disrespect because honestly, I never feel like I really like disrespect and disrespect the teacher. But it never got crazy. It never got crazy. You know what I mean? There was just a different air of there was a different air. Not even of respect. I don't know the call. There's a there's a different air of authority in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't describe what it was like. I don't like know a dad air. Like, yeah, like he, like he like like he got basic. Dad don't play that. I'm not sure <laughs> like he never backed down. And we, you know, what? I think that's what it is. If we did something, we were acting crazy. He didn't back down. He was gonna stand up to us. Versus like there's a lot of female teachers we had that cried. And then it was just like, then we only stopped. You was making your teachers cry? We went to the same school. None of your teachers cried? I think I saw nah. everything cry. <laughs> nah, I think he was in the bad class. I think he was going to one of the cell schools. Bro, <laughs> seventh, seventh and eighth grade, I saw almost every teacher cry. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Maybe that I got so bad memories. <laughs> I, I'll never forget I think, the time. I think your class was just a badass class. Like I, I don't recall that. I don't right. know. I can't recall any teacher just standing over me weeping. Like, oh, <laughs> get it together, bitch! Like, <laughs> get it together. Oh. Like <laughs> the teachers uh, that cried were just like, like they started crying because like they just like gave up. Like they were just like, I can't. Wrong. I'm talking about think- like. There was we a made, time where she threw the she threw the book down, sat down, and just started crying at her desk, and everybody was quiet. 
Oh my God. What did you do to that poor boy? I've never seen hope leave wow. a soul, wow. but I feel it. Like I mean, I mean, hey, this there was times the first year teacher flipped my lid, you know, and I cursed at him, you know. What? I what? Kept, I kept it real. What? I kept oh, it real. You got to tell the story, bro. Kept it real. <laughs> kept it real. Uh, I, nah, yo. nah, man. In the age of information technology, brother, trying to keep that chat. You know, <laughs> y'all not gonna set me up on a podcast. <laughs> nah, nah. But um, quite seriously, no. Um, you know, there was one day, one of the most challenging class. Uh, I think this class, as a matter of fact, we had to like split in two. Uh, my co-teacher and I, so I had to take half the, half the section. She had to take the half the section. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, nah, they were just trying me. Um, and I ha- I just, I was just like, shut the nah, fuck. No way. No way. Uh, <laughs> you said that to the tutors, and it was so just like to the teacher. But was it effective? Allegedly, it was a was it effective? Did they learn for the rest of the class? Sure, they did. Can they tell me what the central idea of the story is? Yes. So, it's my word versus your word. So <laughs> I guess we got ourselves a predicament. I thought it was like, so no. which one of y'all bitches ain't do the homework? No. Nah, <laughs> No, nah, but look, I don't advocate uh, cursing at your students, but, I do. you know. Read the fucking nah, syllabus. I think <laughs> sometimes you just have, uh, you have the human moment, human moment, you know, and let them know that, look, you want the, you have their best interests in mind, you want them to succeed, and once they see that, they'll be on your side. My teachers must have had some self-control because, like I said, I've seen teachers cry, but I've never had a teacher curse on me. I'm you, man. Nigga, no, I'm you. crying on the job is the opposite of self-control. Like, I mean, think about it. We made Mr. Looney uh, throw his throw his um clipboard on the floor. <laughs> uh, he, he he had to start throwing around the fact that he had three master's degree. <laughs> we made yeah, probably like I have three master's degrees and I, have I don't have to deal with this. I don't have oh, to deal with this. Who's like I don't have to deal with this? I got three master's degrees. So you want like, war? You know, or go to war. But you know what, though? If you're a teacher and you got three masters, you're easily making six figures or you're damn near close to that shit. That's right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're a horrible teacher. You know? um, and that's the, that's the thing. Unfortunately, I'm sure he was a horrible teacher or y'all just were some badass kids. This, I mean, just it's, for it's both. Stuff. It's both. I mean, there's just some people who shouldn't be in the classroom teaching. That's just and there's skills. just some students who should be homeschooled. <laughs> <You know? laughs> just to share a memory, there was the time, this was the history teacher, and this nigga was dead like, you know, the uh, the red people of the, uh, the, the the western side of this country. And we're like, yo, the red people? He's like, yeah, the Indians. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He said, he said, <laughs> he said, you have three races. You got the the the, the Caucasoid, the Mongolor, and I was waiting for him to say Negroid because they teach the other two and the other third, the other the third one. So I've never heard anyone say Caucasoid, Mongolor, 
What's the other ring? <laughs> he didn't want to say. <laughs> and then he was like, the, the Asians. Yeah, that's the yellow people. What kind of school did y'all motherfuckers go to? And, and oh, this, you know, shit, you know museum like, was like in the top 15 public schools? It was. What the fuck was that? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but, our school yeah. was top five because I had a 95% graduation. Yeah. Yeah, museum was up there. I think it fell, like, recently, but it's still in, like, top 15 New York City public schools, you know? And so this is one of the issues that I have. You know, New York City, a lot of people don't realize, has one of the worst education systems. It's one of the most segregated educational systems. Uh, but yet, we have one of the highest bars, you know, for teacher in the country. Um, as far as, you know, degrees, uh, tests, you have to take certifications. You're you in a public school or you're in a charter school? So I, I teach in the charter. Um, but when it comes to, like, requirements, that's that's across the board, right? Like DOE oh. or, or charter. Uh, so, I know uh, that. So all teach... To all teachers in New York State have to have a master's degree or be enrolled in a program to obtain one. Right. <clears throat> and um, I mean, don't don't uh, the boys. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that? Oh, My bad. No, I, mean, I can't. I can't, I can't control that. Like, I can't control that. They're out to government. I didn't know it was real like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I told them to stop you for a second, but I can't control that. <laughs> I mean, they can come. Tell them to come out to August 31st. Um, You're so stupid. So that being, so I mean, so that being the case, I mean, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of impossible thresholds. And I mean, we've seen, we've seen with, um, with the effects of, of COVID-19, how, how so much of this city has been holding on by a string for so long. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that be and then and then now we have to face the issue of kid of of what's what's in the air right now is kids going back to school, and it's just that it's up in the air. I mean, I just took a um, I just took a a screenshot of someone saw the other day. Um, let me find this really quick. I should already had it pulled up, but you know what? We're not all perfect. And saying random things until I find it. Oh, here it is. Uh, Governor Mike Parson, governor of uh, Missouri, he said, and I quote, these kids have to go, have to, these kids have got to get back to school. And if they do get COVID-19, which they will, and they will when they go to school, they're not going to hospitals. They're going to go home and get over it. Wow. I love how you uh, gave that to us in your best Missouri accent. He can only say that because he's about to die. Oh, he's like fucking 89. I was going to go for it, but then I was saying, eh. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this, it's, it's easy to say. And that's what I said when I, when I, um, when I, when I had taken it, that like, it's easy to say for anybody who is not going to send their kids to that school. You know what I'm saying? His, his kids are not going to go to that public school where he's saying you are guaranteed to get COVID. You are guaranteed. So, his kids so, are, so funny his kids enough, grown. did you see Florida said something similar, similar the week before? Like, you know, schools will reopen by September. 
And then they asked, like, this congressman, are your kids going to be attending school? And he was like, no, they're going to be learning remotely. You know, so I think these policies are just going to impact largely um, poor minority and low income, uh, yeah, low income, you know, schools, school communities. Yeah, we're we're the infantry for the bullshit like this. When I saw the Florida, I saw um, I can't remember what kind of political official it was, but he had said that he he's not willing for Florida to be the guinea pig to see what happens in September. I mean, because kids and right. kids kids in all. Uh, Florida actually go back to school in August. So if they're pushing back to September. I mean, that's already its own thing, but I don't know, yo. I don't know what's supposed to it's, happen. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a precarious situation. And I'm going to take it a step further and say, okay, if you're going to open your schools, how far are we going? Are we going to do temperature forehead check screens at the front door for every kid? Uh, every adult, every staff, faculty, right, who enters in enters the building. <clears throat> um, the other dynamic, you know, just keeping in mind the neighborhood we serve. A lot of these kids live, you know, multiple siblings to to a household, to one room. Um, they a lot of these these families are caring for sick parents, have just lost loved ones um, from COVID nineteen. So when we reopen these school buildings, I think academic is going to be one of the furthest things uh, on, on on these children's mind. Right. And at which um, point, what, well. what, what's the point then? Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> so it's a precarious situation. The other thing I think about is, okay, so are we saying now teachers have to wear masks? Um, is it going to be lunch? Are students going to sit together at lunch? Do we have reset? Like, so these are all the fundamental questions that have to be answered. And, and it's not it's not easy. Um, so to give a little slack to Mayor, um, excuse me, Mayor de Blasio and Carranza, you know, they don't have an easy task at hand. Right. And then, I mean, as we had put earlier, that we don't, we don't, have, we don't have a school system that's set up for the proper development of all type for all learning types and shit. You know what I mean? So you have kids that are already going through with PTSD of living in specific neighborhoods, um, having a uh, living in poverty. Like there's so many different things they're already going to school with. And then you want to, and then you want to tack on having a disease that could possibly, that could kill them, put them in the hospital on top of everything else. You know what I'm saying? And if not that, because you know, it looks like children aren't as affected. It's bringing it home to the parents and the grandparents who are of the age of the people could be affected. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So, but we we do know that that narrative is false. That children can't be affected, or you know, yeah, yes. it's a different strain. Right, right. You know, and they they getting hit in a different way, but it's showing up in rashes, stuff like that. Yeah, right. No, but look, but let's face it. Children are dying. Yeah. You know, so there's no way to sugarcoat it. And I look at it like, well, if sports leagues are playing fan-free, why should we pack um, kids in the school if we're not packing fans in the stadium? I agree. 
That makes a lot so of sense. So as a teacher, what do you think is a good alternative? Do you feel like uh, remote learning remote learning is effective? Sorry, really quick. Cookie wanted to say something too, but I, I cut her off. Yeah, sure. No, it's just I just wanted to mention that out here in Pennsylvania, the kids are starting to learn. Like they're looking at going back to school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about like a second grader having to go back to school. You know, the kids can't really control themselves when it comes to their behavior. And wanting to be hugging up on other friends and things like that. Right, exactly. Especially but, people you haven't seen. Exactly, especially especially like these little kids and stuff like that. So, well, yeah. it's gotten to a point yeah. to where now they're actually really talking about it, and they're talking about having the kids in their own classrooms to eat lunch. Um, they're probably gonna put like little borders on the desk too, so they don't like touch each other when they're sitting down. Probably smaller classes, like probably like the twelve to one classes more now than anything. But it's just it's just the simple fact that they're even thinking about it for the younger kids too. That's really scary. I think I think it should all remain remote. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, But see, this is brings up an important point. You're in Pensacola, the same way some of my students now are in the Dominican Republic. They're in Miami. They're going to come back, um, most likely without a COVID test, right? And, and so now are we going to say, hey, you just spent the summer, you know, over in another country. And then you're going to just come back into school come September or rather August because we, we start back in August. <clears throat> wow, it's August now? Yeah, so be. we uh, officially start back on August 21st. And Not school sure. building reopens by the twenty fifth. So, but um, <sighs> I am definitely of the uh, mindset that uh, schools should start remote. And I think um, let's let's assess it like in six months and see where we are. So, what are some of <laughs> the difficulties we're trying to teach remote? Do you feel like yeah. your students are not you know as attentive? Oh, because I hear stories about all the time where it's hard to keep them engaged and things like that. Um, that's a great question. <clears throat> Teaching remote has a lot of challenge. Um, again, like I just brought up, you have um, multiple children in a household. Sometimes yeah. they're sharing laptop. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's no Wi-Fi. There's no internet access. That's a real thing. Um, and it's troubling to me that the only time these kids can get this this access is for a pandemic to happen, right? <clears throat> the other thing is a lot of these young uh, adults are not self-governing. It, it, it takes a certain level of maturity uh, and responsibility to be, you know, get up every day and make sure you do your work, especially if you don't have that adult presence watching over you. Um, of Considering course. the dynamic of many of my students, right, their their parents work, you know, j- multiple jobs. You know, they have to leave the home what early in the morning, you know, to get to work. Um, so these students are on their own to to do what's required. Um, so it's, it's that's it's actually true. a very another troubling aspect. Right. Like right. in the lower income housing, yeah. a lot right. of parents are still working. They're still working, yeah, yeah. Remember. 
only only thirty percent of Americans have rem- work from home jobs or can uh, have the option of working remotely. So so this is a very real thing. Um, <clears throat> student engagement is just definitely different, right? Um, when when you're not in the classroom in front of that student. Um, I think the other thing that suffers too, some people will say, is relationship building, which is important. Um, it's, it's harder to build and cultivate those relationships when you're not in person. So I think those are the, the, the biggest the biggest challenges. Um, remote learning, I don't know if it's sustainable, you know, long term. I think it's something to look at for older grades, you know, 10th, 10th to 12th. I, I think it, it, it could work under right circumstances. But obviously, you know, right, K through, you know, ninth grade, it's it's the biggest job. Dead on arrival. Yeah. Dead on arrival. Dead on arrival. <laughs> I mean, I just hadn't thought about the <clears throat> I hadn't thought about the aspect of you have you could easily have even like a third grader, a grader and a ninth grader, <clears throat> which I mean which would have been me and my brother, for example. Um we didn't have two different computers in the house. We had one desktop computer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in a situation like that, it's like how do we get to learn today? Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's really nuts. I mean, that sounds crazy, but that, that's what the reality is. Who no, is going to learn? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a personal anecdote. My uncle um, is homeschooling. Uh, well, not homeschooling, but, you know, teaching at home now because mm-hmm. of this whole pandemic situation. Um, he ha- has my, my nephew, my two nieces. So I think they're all between kindergarten and fourth grade as the earliest. Some of them have, you know, homework, like multiple assignments due. Um, they all back-to-back Zooms, Zoom classes. And again, one laptop, one desktop. They're trying to share with three kids, you know, <clears throat> and still work, do their responsibilities on the laptop and computer, and, and mind you, you know, make sure the kids get work done on Zoom and Google Classroom, you know, the education platform we use. And everybody's squared away. And everyone's scared away. Right. So uh, it's getting challenging. In fact, I actually just saw an article that said um, some em- employees are going to tell um, their, their employer, um, well, so, excuse me, some employers are going to tell their employees that they cannot babysit their kids while they work from home anymore or have their children on Zoom calls. It's, 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 it's nuts. Right. I just, I just saw that too. And that's not, that's just not fair. It's like mm-hmm. what, what, what jobs. And I was saying this in the beginning that jobs, um, for one jobs have this idea that work and see, like you said, 30% of jobs even, uh, even allow working from home. Um, a lot of jobs have this strange idea that working from home does not work. Absolutely. Either because of one, they can't, they can't, they can't look over you and measure your progress that way, or two, they just feel like because you're not in the office and they can't actively measure your monitor. your productivity. Right. They right. just they, they feel like you're not working then, and that that, that becomes a power issue, which does not work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's yeah. not on. That's, that's not. That's not what we're there to do. They're not paid for. We're not there yeah. to be uh, subject to power for eight hours. Yeah. Um. I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> but the, uh, all right. So yeah. So we're not. We're not there for your. For your um. 
for you to be on your high horse. But it'll work. Yeah. So to be adding these additional rules, like you can't have the kids on, you can't um, you can't be teaching your kids or human first. Yeah, human what first, else do you yeah. expect to happen? Um, how, how many other things do you want to add on to somebody's plate, not knowing that you know they have someone in their family that's in the hospital? God, God forbid they have to go to the hospital and visit them, or and then they have kids that they take care of, and they have to yeah. put on a mask and and uh, strategize so they can go shopping today so they don't get sick. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? There's so you many know, different facets to that. <clears throat> a lot of different facets to this, and some of these worries that we have would be alleviated if we were in another context, like like in Canada, you know, where people are getting two thousand dollars a month. And I'll say two thousand a month right now. <laughs> right. Shut up. <laughs> so I think if people in America were getting that, we wouldn't be so worried, oh I need my kid to go back to school because I gotta work my job. I think that's what we're seeing now. A lot of people are willing to sacrifice their kids' safety, you know, because they got to go back to work. That's why I understand that as well. There was a blogger that I had seen. Um, she's the writer on scarymommy.com. Mm-hmm. There was actually an article that came out about her because she got fired from her job because her kids, uh, because I guess essentially, like, during her meetings, they could hear her kids in the background. Oh. And she got fired. She got fired because of it. Yo, and I don't know if she's gonna law. I don't know if she's gonna try to do a lawsuit or what's what. But what how is that not a discrimination suit? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And what's crazy about it is that I've come across a lot of my coworkers, um, not even like really like just at my job, but uh, in other places in my field of work where there's people that are spazzing on them, like just arguing with them because they'll, for whatever reason, they'll just assume that the, that the rep is just working, you know, working from home and, you know, just, just complaining about everything and anything about people working from home. So, yeah, it really does make me wonder about that one job that didn't want me to work from home, exactly how they're coping with everything now, because just like, just like what Dev was saying, I had bosses that felt like you had to be at work, or if not, you weren't working. So, mm-hmm. and this job pretty much let me go because I, you know, kept trying to push that whole work from home agenda. And look, I, I, like, I'm like, I'm positive now they have everybody working from home because I'm pretty sure nobody's there. Of course, they don't have a choice. They have to have some kind of progress uh, work-wise. They got to make money too. But I, I want to add on to my point also that um i know a good handful of people personally that their jobs are saying like you know put out all your vacation time now um you know we just want to get all the pto out the way you can't carry it on the next year and the way i feel is the reason that they're doing this the reason they're saying these things is because once it gets back to being back in the office they're gonna try their damnedest to stop people from taking vacations and shit right and then and they're gonna use the fact that you have no hours anyway. And they, they, so they what they want to do rent. is because what they want to do is, is you start working in the office again and you're like, you know, I got, I'm going to take a two week vacation and you do, you know, you do it, you put it out three months in advance, so on and so forth. What they want to say that can't be on paper is going to be, Oh, you on vacation for three months. We can't, we can't put you on vacation. It's like, what are you talking? I've been working this entire time from home. 
Wow. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, do not be surprised when this happens when people start going back to work. My job is talking about paying anybody that has over 300 hours. Wait, what do you mean? My job is talking about paying people back their their unpaid PTO. That's if funny. you have over 300 hours. I, I mean, I'm nowhere near there, obviously. Are they shortening your yeah. checks? Huh? Are they no, no, I'm saying that they're literally paying people out if they're over. My job, my job doesn't care if you take off time now. They really don't. I was able to take off a whole week just just last just earlier this month. But my job right now is basically saying if you have more than 300 hours in vacation time, they'll pay you out anything that's that's in excess those 300 hours. They'll pay oh, so you. They try. So they're saying, give us your PTO, and we're just going to give you the break. Exactly. Exactly. But then my company also, too, my company also, too, has done a lot of things differently than I've seen a lot of other companies do. For example, when it came time to work from home, they literally (laughs) took a survey of, bless you, they literally took a survey from everybody and said, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to work from home? Do you want to stay working here? What exactly do you want to do? And I said I wanted to work from home. Immediately after a week of me saying that, I wound up going through the pipeline and I was sent home. I have my work computer that my company paid for completely. My company gave me a bonus. My company, you know, we have overtime out the wazoo at this point. So, I mean, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. You know, like my company so far, surprisingly, is still, is still, is still, you know, operating. You know, I would have thought that banking would have been affected the first hand, but my job still my job still got money rolling in. It's 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 insane. Yeah, the banking industry it ain't going nowhere. It really isn't. <laughs> what happened? No, I'm saying remember you did have some issues going into the, the work from home process. Yeah, I mean I spazzed a little bit, but I still got what I wanted, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 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 terrible. And when you look at the school system, now, how long it took them to close, uh, especially in New York, you know, when they're just dragging their feet. Especially in New York. Um, especially when you look at other school districts. For example, I know like North Carolina, Minnesota, Michigan, like all those schools. You know, they, they closed down you know, early on. But, uh, I mean, I wasn't even here at the time. When did they actually close schools? Uh, in New York? Them in March. Oh, uh, yeah, in March. In March. So oh, I believe the last day in the building March, was like around March 13th, somewhere um, around there. Uh, it was the last official in school day. Yeah, because I'm saying, remember, I wasn't here. I came back on like March, I don't know, March 12th, something like that. <laughs> yeah, the second you landed, everyone's telling you grab toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, of course, you might, you know, get diarrhea during a pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, rapid, rapid uh, back of the toilet hitting diarrhea. I just want to let let you guys know two public service announcement this Saturday. Yeah, it's going down in Kentucky. Saturday the twenty fifth. Oh right, the NF the the, N- NFAC NFAC is, is coming yeah. to town. We're marching for justice for Breonna Taylor. All right. Uh, if you if you own a weapon, semi-automatic, shotgun, rifle, whatever it is, 
suit up, get out there. I mean, well, I mean, definitely look up the, the NFAC's uh, website to get the full information. Um, only because, I mean, because even from the video you sent me, like I was looking at it, they had a lot of, they had a lot of rules and stuff like that that they uh, mm-hmm. that they adhere to, which I respect because it gives, you know, I mean, very, um, it gives order. You know what I'm saying? There should be yeah. order. I, mean, I think that's a lot of the problem that we had. That's a lot of the, the issues that were had in the protest. There was very little order. So in this case, it's very um, acute and direct and linear as far as what the focus is. They right, said right. it's for it's a, it's for um, police brutality. Breonna Taylor, we want answers. This is what we're doing. We want to do it. Right. It's what we're doing. Um, and to echo his message that he was saying today, a lot of times we show up but we don't get result because we have nothing to back it up with right and so they've been giving the people in louisville a runaround but when you show up armed and you now have a way to back up your demands things change so make no mistake about it um this country understands violence um and sadly but it's just what necessary to, to push the yeah, pendulum. We need answers. We need answers. Yeah, we need answers. Because they they try to do the old switcheroo. We fired one of the cops, and that's it. And they, they hope that's it. Black people just be silent. You know? Yeah, it's like saying our, our, our lives are, are the equivalent of jobs. But you know what I find, Sean Boone? I was um, looking earlier today. You know Tariq Nasheed? The brother that made um, Hidden Colors? Yeah. Yeah, he posted a video talking about, oh, I think um, this dude from the NFAC is a, um, is a special agent undercover. I was like, like, I mean, that's a strong accusation to make, you know, without sufficient base, you know, evidence. evidence and everything. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a hot take to me. That sounds like a like click clickbaity. You need to have a little bit more information than that. And two. Um, and if you don't have anything to back it up, then it just sounds like another another uh, person of color ter- uh, tearing down another bro- black another black man tearing down another black man, and it's just like that's what we do. That's not you you have viewpoints to pull us forward that di- that differ from uh. So rather than say how can we unite and for a common purpose, oh uh, material 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 down, tear you down. And I mean, um, I mean, I want to say on that, I want to say on that too, in closing that, like, I don't know. I saw, I saw a couple, I've seen a couple posts on Facebook, one specifically that had, um, disturbed me. I'm not going to read it now. I'm just going to say that, you know, I believe in the idea that we need to support publicly and correct privately yes, and nothing right. less than that, because too many times I see this challenge of our own community saying, oh, you know, do black lives matter to us? And, um, you know, we look crazy out here and so on and so forth. We look crazy when people say we look crazy. <laughs> well, um, the the biggest think, issue, no, is we're, not, we're not talking about anything because you realize the moment a black man opens his mouth about police brutality, what's the first thing people say? What about y'all killing each other? What about black on black crime? 
What about, you know, little kids that got yeah. shot over the weekend? Yeah. And it's just like, what about them? Because we could talk about that, but let's not have that conversation when I try to talk about police brutality. You see what I'm yeah, saying? I mean, and then my question, I mean, it's, it's there's a certain person that this type of, um, that that type of uh, rebuttal comes from in which my answer to that is, I'll give you the answer and give me the answer for, uh, for school shootings. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when there's when there's when there's a death between um one person of color because another person of color, I mean that's that's one on one or or even God forbid they shoot into a group and they hit two people. I'm not condoning it. I'm just giving numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a kid or an adult goes into a school and guarantees the death of numerous people, twenty, thirty people. I mean, Dylan Roof alone had murdered a church where a church. Worth yeah, church full of people, mm-hmm. so I don't want to hear that. From you. No. Um, but either way, that's that's just my my overall point there because that's something that bothered me this week. Yeah. Um, support publicly and correct privately, and yeah, indeed, and be positive. Like there's yeah. not there's no there's no negative shit that's gonna help anybody we, we, get through. The other thing, I'm not gonna have a conversation about um. You know, the black community on a public scale. That's an internal conversation we have with each other. You you follow me? So, uh, we can talk about the external, which is like what's done to us, and then the internal, what we need to do for each other. But I'm not having that conversation with everybody else. You feel me? Right. Like I said, I don't don't need nobody coming. Ain't nobody coming and monitoring the conversation. It's our conversation. It's not it's for anybody right. else to right. come and judge. Yeah, and that's but, and that's uh, what they do. And now, white people created that. Oh, so what about you know the urban violence? But now we're the ones pumping that narrative. You know. Right. But the other thing is, why is it like I should be able to speak on one thing and not have to address everything? Right, so it's like almost like when you speak as a black man, you have to address every struggle the black community has at one instant. It's like we can't, we can't do that. Right, no, I understand you. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, just just different things that we we gotta work on. So I mean, people who listen to this hope that you know they hear these words and they look into the they look into the positive side of things. Um. I mean, uh, KP, <laughs> KP, Cookie, y'all got any, y'all got any uh, final words? No, I don't have any. Uh, my head is pounding so hard right now. Jesus Christ. I just hope that everyone stays home, stays healthy. Kids, yes. I don't want them to go back to school. I feel like everything should be remote. I feel like at this point in time, with all the learning styles that they are, I'm pretty sure we can get more people to be able to teach based off of that learning style from home. Yeah. Yeah. And Final I would love it if employers would stop being assholes, but okay. Yeah. Let me get off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> she's, a, she's in a bag. She's in a bag. <laughs> oh, man. She's on a box. But um, now, final words. I just say, look, we got a lot of work to do. Um, really, fundamentally, it starts at home. Education, 
you know, some people don't want to say it, they don't like to hear it, but it starts at home, you know, fundamentally at home. Make sure your children are learning, you know, um, when the formative years, when you're still developing your mind, are very important. So keep the keep that men, mental muscle going, you know. Um, quiz your kids, don't be afraid, you know. Get on the computer with them, find out what they're learning, grab the bull by the horns, and we'll get through I ain't doing none of that. Hey, you don't <laughs> you got no kids. Though? You only got that dog. So. You know what, though? <laughs> How many people, how many people, how many women out there, you know, have tons of kids, right? Mm -hmm. Who now have all these tons of kids at home. You know, they wish and school started up again. Oh, oh, and absolutely. You know they wish. And you know what? When in school, I'm that's the thing. They're going to be no. dumping their sick kids off at daycare and, and in schools. Yo, what's hey, funny? Hey, hey, hey. Y'all scaring away our listeners, all right? <laughs> what happened? Yo, somebody, somebody posted, and she was like, oh, I can't believe these people just dropped their, their um, baby off at daycare knowing damn well he was sick. And the girl commented, like, if you think people are not going to do this <laughs> when, uh, in September, when the schools and daycares open up, you're out of your fucking mind. You know? That's big fact, so. No, that's big fact. It's sad, but... Um, like I said, some people need a daycare service, you know, and school for them is watch my kid. Exactly that. Yeah. You know, it's exactly that. Um, but, well, in closing, my final thoughts is hug your loved ones and most definitely take care of your kids. Show some interest. That's it, really. But uh, thank you for having me. Been great. I'll be back. Thank you for coming. Yeah, I'll be yes. back. Uh, to be continued. Be continued. Facts. <laughs> oh, I don't want to say too. Um, I mean, it has been. nobody cares about your last words. Shit, yo. yo. <laughs> <laughs> um, hasn't been confirmed yet, but I want to say just in case it does happen before twelve, whatever the case is on record. Uh, congratulations, to my cousin Eric on baby Mackenzie, because uh, he um she had to be. What do you call that when they got to push the baby out? Uh, and born. Birch? Born? Induced. Born. So, <laughs> what? Congratulations, cousin Eric. Uh, hey, oh, congratulations, yeah, cousin Eric. Congratulations. Thank you, for, um, thank you for being here. And until next time. Oh, and uh, lastly, before I go, my album installs this Friday. All right. <laughs> it's called Entanglement Part Two. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. I am done. <laughs> I am right. done. Remix with Trey Song. <laughs> so catch me on. <laughs>